What is your risk that you are not taking? Because I want you to take one step forward towards taking that risk. Now, it might be that publishing the website, you haven't even finished it. So we don't want things coming up 404 not found. What you can have though is this page is under development, come back soon, or just have everything for now is on the front page so that you've got it out there. Take that step. And what is that step going to be? And if you want accountability on that step, then email me, message me, tell me what it is that that next step is going to be, that risk is going to be for you. What is that risky step you're avoiding? Go and do it. Go and do it today. Mentoring with Geraldine is a bite-sized practitioner podcast for naturopaths, nutritionists, herbalists, and practitioners responding directly to the needs of a practicing natural therapist. With interviews, herbal discussions, something business, something clinical, you'll get the variety you need to enjoy and stay motivated in practice. So thanks for joining me today. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast for our episodes. If you'd like more support, get in contact, and I look forward to working with you soon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mentoring with Geraldine and the Bite Size Podcast. How the devil are you? So last week was fantastic. So many emails, I had messages, I had DMs from people who were really enjoying the visualizations and really enjoyed the information in between those two days, the Tuesday and the Thursday. And then I had lots of downloads for the workbook, not as many as I'd expected considering the downloads for the number of listens. But what was super interesting was the spreadsheet. So you had to give your name, no information, just a name that we could identify with. So that once you send me the email to say, I'm in, then, hey presto, I knew who to put in the competition. Now, you had to take a risk to put your name there. You had to take a risk to tell people that this is what you were doing. Only one person took that risk, which is really weird considering that hundreds and hundreds of downloads and the heaps, I won't say hundreds of messages, there weren't hundreds of messages, but there were heaps of messages, I didn't count. But there was lots of interaction with me privately about how good the visualizations were and how people felt they really uplifted them, they really gave them what they needed when they were listening to them and watching them. So what is the disconnect here? Why aren't people putting that, well, why didn't people put their name on that spreadsheet? And I think it's because it's about taking a risk. And we have to take risks in business. We have to take risks. And at the end of the day, if someone says no, you move on. It's not about you. That's about them. But what is it about you that prevented you, even though I got these messages and I was from putting your name on the spreadsheet and going in the draw to win the year's worth of Academy membership or the one-to-one with me? What prevented you from doing that? What risk didn't you take? Now, risks are in life in general, aren't they? Going out, meeting people, doing things. So there've been a couple of risky things, I guess, happening in my life. My husband ran a half marathon. Now, that's not risky for me at all. Mm, I didn't do any exercise, but he ran a half marathon. But a week and a half prior to that, he fell, he tripped on a curbstone and totally smashed himself up, injured his face, really lucky, no broken bones, but two black eyes, a lot of blood and an emergency drive for me to go and collect him. But he took that risk. He got back up and he kept running. Then last night, which is what's motivated this Let's Take a Risk podcast, is a lady knocked on the door. Now, this lady knocked on the door 
and said, and she was shaking. She said, I've never done this before. I've never knocked on the door. But I was in Melbourne. So we went to Sydney for the half marathon. And then we went to Melbourne for my husband to buy an accordion. He's decided to take the risk and learn to play the accordion. He can already play piano. He can already play oboe. He's musical anyway. But it's still, there's a financial investment there. Accordions don't come cheap. And he spent a lot of time researching it. And he's decided, I'm going to learn accordion. On our way back from Sydney, we went to Melbourne. He bought the accordion and it's apparently being shipped to us. It's taking a long time. So she was there on Monday. And as she was leaving, having purchased her new accordion, she's been playing for years, having purchased her new accordion, she walked past a box at the door waiting for TNT to collect it and my husband's name and our address on it. So this lady knocked on the door. She said, you're around the corner from me. Another accordion player around the corner from me. I just wanted to meet him. Is he home? And she's shaking. She's like, I've never done this before. I've never knocked on anyone's door. But she took a risk. There I am. I'm actually, I've been making scones. So my hands are covered in flour and I've had a picture fall off the wall. So the vacuum cleaner's out in the middle of the family room area to vacuum up all the glass that's smashed from the picture. So there's multiple things going on. And this lady's knocked on the door at dinner time on her way to something else. And she just thought, I'd just take a risk and see if I could meet a fellow accordion player who lives around me because there's not many of us in Adelaide. I thought, well, no, I'm not surprised there's not many of us of you in Adelaide. There's only one village initially that makes all the accordion stuff for the whole world. So... This isn't something that everybody does playing the accordion. It's major for those who do it, but it's not something everybody does. So it's quite rare. But this woman knocked on the door. She took that risk to come and meet him. My husband took that risk to run in a half marathon, having fallen a few, a week and a half before. So what risks are you taking or not taking in your business? Like not writing on that spreadsheet and say, hey, I want to participate in this because I want to win. Or even if I don't win, if I don't win that one-to-one, I don't win that membership with Geraldine, I've still connected with her. I've still communicated with her and I've still communicated with others that I listen to this podcast. What risk is it that you are not taking, that you're missing out on that opportunity, that opportunity to do something, to advance yourself, to advance your business? Maybe it's a networking event that you're thinking about, but, oh, you know, it's too hard to get to or something. What is that risk you're not taking? Recently in Strictly Practitioners, the other group, I mean, I'm always going on about Strictly Education and Support because I do my lives in there every week, but Strictly Practitioners is the other group that I run. I've run it for years and years and years. I can't remember how many years. I should have looked that up before I started, really, shouldn't I? I've been running that group for years. I started it, a couple of us started it years ago. I'm the only one left adminning that group and running Sam and runs it with me now. And she does an amazing job. She does all the admissions. And it's for practitioners only. You have to be a naturopath, nutritionist, herbalist, or homeopath to join and or in your final year of uni to join. I don't really talk about that one because you have to be qualified to be in it. Whereas Strictly Education and Support, it's there for coaches. It's there for natural therapist practitioners. You don't have to be an association member to join. It's more of you're on your way or you do something that's affiliated. So it's more inclusive rather than the exclusive question time of Strictly Practitioners. But in Strictly Practitioners for a long time and thinking, how can I create more community? We have this Facebook group. We all ask questions. Well, I don't ask questions. I, don't, I answer questions in it. But people are asking questions. I'm answering questions. Others are in there as well asking and answering. But we're still separate because we're just Facebook commenters. So you don't really know the other person. I've always been like, how can we 
create more community? And how can we leverage the knowledge in this group? Because people are answering questions, right? So I took a risk because it's been running so long, the group. People feel that they are the admin, they're in charge of it. Whereas no, it's my group. I'm the one who runs it, is actively in it along with Sam. We get to choose how the rules go because it's our group. And over the years, we've developed rules based around legalities as much as our values and morals and the ethics of a group. So it's a very inclusive space. No one's horrible in there. Everybody's very supportive. And when they're horrible, they're called out immediately and asked to apologize or asked to leave. So it's quite strict that when kids were little, I was called strict Aunt Geraldine because you had to eat your greens, didn't care about anything else. And I would negotiate on which green you were going to eat if you were a visitor, but you still ate your greens. So strict Aunt Geraldine, and that flows over a little bit into the group so that everybody is nice and everybody's supportive. But how can I create an even more supportive environment? And it came to us, let's do webinars where the people in the group deliver the webinar. Now, that's going to be a risk for those people who are delivering if they've never delivered before. But by taking that risk and by putting themselves forward and going, yeah, here's my abstract. This is what I want to talk about. This is what I want to share for an hour and then have half an hour of Q&A and community and discussion. They're putting themselves out there and they're taking that risk because they're putting themselves forward. Now, what is holding you back from putting yourself forward and taking the risk, no matter what it be, in your home life, in your running, playing the accordion? What is it? What risk are you avoiding right now? I thought about having a podcast for a couple of years before I actually did it. I had a podcast a long, long time ago. I did actually start a podcast. I didn't have the, who did I want to speak to? Who were my audience? And so I stopped after about four or five. That was a good seven or eight years ago. So that's just, it was a free platform. So they've just vanished. They've just gone into the ether now. But started it, it didn't really feel right. I stopped. And then I had to wait until the idea came to me about this to be able to support you. My ideal client, the person who's growing their business, the person who's working in that service-based industry who needs to communicate and connect with others because that's where I help so well is the connection and the communication and being able to support you, to encourage you to do what you need to do. And that is risk-taking. That risk might be contacting me. That risk might be saying, hey, Geraldine, how can I work with you? I can't afford your 90-day program, but I can afford this. And I work with people in different ways depending on what they come out with. So someone I'm working with at the moment, she's got an NDIS plan, right? And on NDIS, she can have capacity building with her business. So NDIS is paying for her to have coaching with me. So there's lots of different ways, although the academy is the way I want to connect with everyone. The academy is where I connect most with my group. So joining the academy is obviously the place to be. But what risk are you avoiding? What risk are you not taking that could take you that next step forward? And it could be really minor. It could be that you just haven't published your website yet. It could be that you haven't gone onto Google My Business yet. It could be that there's a networking group that you need to go and join. It might be going out in the evening to a chapter meeting, which is kind of why the chapter we went to, I went to the Melbourne NHIA chapter while I was there, and lots of tech issues while I was there. And I thought, you know what? We can be doing this for our group. She was amazing. Sandra Viella was fantastic. Go look her up. 
She was great, fantastic speaker, loved her. The rest of it wasn't so great. She was amazing. I will try and find her links. I don't actually know what they are. I will try and find her links and put those in the chat for you so that you have them. But she was phenomenal if you're into women's hormones. Incredible speaker. Probably a mentor as well. She's a lecturer as well as having her own business. So need to check her out. I went to this. It was a cold evening. It was a wet evening. And if you're in Melbourne, that's fantastic. You can get there. But not all of us have a chapter in our area. Not all of us can get to these things. So taking that risk, I think, is worth it. A little bit of money, a lot of money. My first big mentoring purchase, I went for that $10,000 mentoring experience, was a huge leap for me. And obviously, I had to have $10,000 to do it because I don't go into, I have a personal thing where I don't go into debt. I either have the money to do it or I don't do it. So I work out my finances. I don't like things like easy debit. I think if you're going to do something, you need to do it now and you need to take responsibility for it. You need to step into it. If you're going to spend that money, it's got to be worthwhile and that you're going to do it. It's not just buying something else to leave on the side. It's another course that can just sit there waiting for you to get to it. So I have lots of courses that, well, the Graduate Mastery Program as well, but the Pediatric Mastery Program, you're watching the videos, but there's a one-to-one with me. So there is that you have to book this within a certain length of time of purchasing to get it. So that's the encouragement to get on and watch the videos, to do the education, to have that learning. So there's always everything I do has connection with me to encourage you to get on and watch those recorded videos or to do that learning. So, but what is your risk? What is your risk that you are not taking? Because I want you to take one step forward towards taking that risk. Now, it might be that publishing the website, you haven't even finished it. So we don't want things coming up 404 not found. What you can have though is this page is under development, come back soon, or just have it, everything for now is on the front page or so that you've got it out there. Mate, take that step. And what is that step going to be? And if you want accountability on that step, then email me, message me, tell me what it is that that next step is going to be, that risk is going to be for you. Another risk might be giving me a five-star review and saying how much you enjoyed today and how much you are going to go and take that risky step, whatever it might be, whether it be personal life, it might be your public life, it might be something you're doing online. What is that risky step you're avoiding? Go and do it. Go and do it today. So I'll leave it there. Have a good one. And I look forward to catching up with you on the next podcast. We'll see you soon. Thanks so much for joining me today. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast for the weekly episodes. If you'd like even more support and learning, then the Academy is for you. Here you'll find part two of the herbal discussions, more clinical learning, and case studies to support your clients in practice. Bye for now.